Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Timed Pet and Pet Perennials. The world of house sitting changed last year, but many of the fundamentals still remain the same. It's just navigating that world is a little bit different than it used to be. Today, Eden Rudin, owner of House It Hawaii, a house it listing platform for, you guessed it, Hawaii, joins us to discuss her new platform, why she decided it was time for her to start that, what her time as a house sitter has been, and some of the takeaways that she loves to share with others. Let's get started. Hi, Colin. So glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, my husband and I have been full-time house sitters um, internationally for six years. We're going on seven years soon. And we've been, we're completely nomadic. We have two suitcases. That's all we own. Well, that's not true. We have a drawer at my mom's house that we have some stuff in. But <laughs> <laughs> we, carry, <laughs> we carry our two suitcases and that's everything we have um, that's important to us that we need to have with us. And we, I should say pre-COVID, we go, we go house, we, we almost always back-to-back house sitting. Hmm. And we've gone, um, we've circumnavigated the globe. And I'm hoping starting in 2021, we're going to start doing that again. Um, and it's just been a fabulous, a fabulous experience for us. We don't get paid. We, we do this completely exchange. We pay for our own airfare, our own travel. Generally the owners will pick us up at the airport or the bus stop or something, um, pay for our own food, but we do have the benefit of the house, uh, taking care of the house, the pets, if there's pets and all the perks of having a house, obviously, electricity, and yeah. <laughs> internet, and all those good things. <laughs> yeah, I hear that, and you say, you know, you don't get paid for it, and that is quite a shock to many people to think that you're doing this and not getting paid. So, how do you make that work? How does that work for you, and how has that been for the past six years? Um, it's an equal exchange of benefits. So we see it as the the we just feel like the owners are getting somebody to do something out of their heart like out of the goodness of them. So we're taking care of the pets because we actually care about the pets. We care about their home versus renting the space, like basically, right? So if they were paying us, then we work for them. And it's a different, it's like a whole different mindset. Like if we, if we, if in the scope of the house that, that we didn't know need to mow the lawn, right? It was never discussed. And I, and let's say they're paying us, then they could be like, Hey, can you mow the lawn? That's a job I want you to do since I'm paying you. Whereas if it's not laid out ahead of time and they asked us to do that, we would perfectly be comfortable saying, no, that's really not something we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just, it's just this, it's just very symbiotic. It's all, it, it's the sharing economy at its best is what I call it. Like that's, that's the best way to describe it. That's <laughs> 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 it's the sharing economy. We just, everybody benefits and it's just a different, it's just a different mindset and heart, heart. You're, the heartfeltness of it's a little bit different. Yeah, it does. It it really does take that whole thing and kind of flip it on its head and and really looks at that value exchange between two people and go, okay, yeah, what what are you getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? We can agree on that. And that means that sometimes it's not going to work for the house for the for the homeowner, right? They may be looking for certain things that doesn't work in a equal value exchange. And for you, it might not work the other way around. So it, it does take these two special people to kind of meet up and understand exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And I think ex- expectations are much clearer when you don't get paid versus, yeah. like I said, that expectations can be thrown at you if it was a situation where you were paid. 
So yeah, they, they really need to be clear of what, what's expected of us and what we expect of them way ahead of time or, or laid out at least prior to committing. Right. So that their conversation is, is, is there and, and everybody's, all the parties are on the same page. Six years ago, what was the, the switch that got flipped that said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. This is, this is, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was really something. We were living in Granada, Nicaragua at the time we were renting. We, that was our second country. Um, we lived in Belize for a year and then we moved to Granada, Nicaragua. Great expat community, fabulous little town, having a nice time. But Nicaragua was off the beaten path for a lot of travelers. So I started and I had, we, we lived there, right? So I, I knew my favorite cafes and stuff. So I started following Twitter and looked for people who were coming to Nicaragua, like travelers, like travel bloggers that were coming by Nicaragua for some reason, or they were coming through on the way to, from El Salvador to Costa Rica. And nobody ever stopped in Nicaragua. It's like, it just wasn't a big thing. Uh, and I would see them and I would talk to them. I'm like, Hey, if you guys come to Granada, I'll take you out for coffee. Let's meet. I want to talk about your travels. Like, let's, you know, get to know each other and I'll show you around town and that kind of stuff. And so we had a group of, it was probably about six different travelers. Plus we had actually had some travelers that were staying in Granada who I didn't even know about until I looked at Twitter um, <laughs> and met them too. It was crazy. They'd been there for like months renting and they had a travel blog. And I'm like, you're in Granada? Yeah, well, let's get together. So what happened was that a couple of them said, oh yeah, we're, we just finished house sitting in Guatemala or we were, we're on our way to Costa Rica to house sit. One of a couple, um, had just finished a six month house sit in Puerto Rico off one of the islands and was taking a break before they headed to Greece to house sit on a boat to yacht sit is what they call it. And they were yacht sitting in Greece. So they came to Nicaragua like for their month off to just like decompress and take a break. So they came to Granada when we met and I'm like, you're going to live on a yacht for four months with a cat? Like what? And so <laughs> they just kept, it was insane. These people's stories, what they were going through. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. I didn't even know it existed. And so I started, I went back, you know, I went home, I went back to the apartment, talked to my husband. I said, you know, what would you think about um, giving up the apartment and living in other people's space? And he's like, no, I don't want to sleep in somebody else's bed. I don't want to use their kitchen and their kitchen tools. And that's no, why would we do that? We have our perfectly little place here. Everything's fine. And I'm like, yeah, but we could travel. He's like, no, whatever you know, just really pushed it off. So like a week later, I started poking around on the websites and um, started reading the profiles of house sits, like in Spain and France and Italy and different places. And I thought, okay, he's got to see this. He's got to see what these houses look like and what's available and that you can live in somebody else's house for a month at a time. This is fabulous. And he just was like, no. And then I, then like three days later, I showed him a picture and like three days later, he'd be like, well, really, we could do that. Is that real though? Like, is that just like one time that ad is there yeah. <laughs> and we missed it and you're never going to like, we're going to give up a house and we're going to be homeless is what he's like thinking. Like, this is going to be really scary. And I'm like, no, there's like thousands of these, like all over the world, there's thousands. And so we started talking to some people, some expats in the community. Basically, I, I kind of put it out to the expats and said, Hey, if you guys want us to come watch your house, we'll do it for free, even in the local area, right? We'll just go see what it's like. Mm -hmm. And one of the expats on the other side of Nicaragua reached out and she said, can you come watch our, um, our place for five, for five weeks when we go back to the States? And we had a dog at the time. We had our, our pet that we had brought from the U S I said, can I bring our dog? And she said, yep, go ahead and bring your dog. 
And like within nine days, honestly, between that conversation and nine days later, another friend reached out to us who was in the U.S. and said, I think we're going to buy the house down the street from you. Could you guys watch it for us for the five months? Because we can't move there till October. Hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Can you, and it's fully furnished. They're buying it fully furnished. Yeah. And we could take all of our belongings and obviously store them in the house also. So that was it. it we gave up our apartment. Our dog was ready to go over the rainbow and it was time. So we took care of that. And we started the first house it. And then we had a five month one. And between that first 45 days, we were booked out for a year solid. Wow. Just, wow. it was. <laughs> unbelievable we we actually had to book a a three-week trip to to belize to get some dental work done as our vacation amongst all (laughs) people like you have to take a vacation terrible vacation (laughs) (laughs) we had to book time for ourselves because we were booked absolutely back-to-back solid it was wow incredible and it just kept going from then on it just we left central america and did some other stuff but it, it yeah it just kept going that's really really fun and so if you know someone's listening to this and they're going, well, I'm not already an expat. I'm not living in Granada. How in the world do I get started? What are some things that I should be thinking about or trying right now if this is interesting to me? Asking, asking friends and family. Like, house it for other people. Go stay in somebody else's house as a guest. Like, you know, not, not your aunt that's in your family. But, I mean, go stay at somebody else's house. Experience their house and taking... Mm. It's, a, it's a huge responsibility. I'm not going to lie. It, the, and you need to be a responsible person. So you need to understand how important that responsibility is. Those four walls have everything that is precious to those people inside of them. Whether or not there's mm-hmm. pets, their family photos, everything that's precious to those people are inside those walls. And it's your responsibility to take care of that. And that's a big responsibility. So you need to know that you're comfortable with that. Some people aren't. And obviously you might know that ahead of time, but you may get in that situation and see like there's a bunch of things that could be broken and that freaks you out. Like, I mean, you know, you have to be okay with lots of different things. So I think asking friends, family to put the word out and to do it locally, like if you could drive to another town 200 miles away and do it, then that's a great experience. Like to to test it out, test the waters before you commit to anything really long-term. I know one of the first questions that comes to mind about that is is like is is paying for those expenses is paying for the travel you know you're not getting paid for this kind of for for sitting the house but you may still have you know to pay for food and pay for the travel to get there does does someone need to have a lot in savings or already be retired to to make this work for them no no we live <laughs> we're we live on very little um your travel expenses are big you're already paying for food that's the reality, right? You pay for your food, whether it goes in your refrigerator or somebody else's refrigerator, you're paying for your food. Yeah. So that's one thing. And it's really your travel costs that are, that are, um, can be obviously burdensome. Um, we, I'm one of those people that look for like the best deals constantly if we know we're going somewhere. Um, but no, if I would say that if you were going to, you're testing the waters and you're not getting paid, you need to be able to either you're working remote, which obviously a lot of people are now that can be a benefit to you. If you can work at somebody else's facility um, or home, even if you did weekend ones though, like if you were booked for the next few weekends, just to test it, it's just, to, I mean, you just have to see again, if you like the not getting paid part, because maybe the opportunity for you to get paid is there. And that's something you want to take on. Right. But you, it's, you're still in somebody else's space. You have to be able to be comfortable sleeping in their bed. Cause sometimes 
it's the only bed. Right. Right. The master bedroom is the only bedroom. So you have to be comfortable sleeping in somebody else's bed and using their pillows and, and I don't know, just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just all these little weird things that, you know, every, sometimes we rearrange the furniture. Like if, if we're on a long house and we don't like the way the furniture is laid out in the living room, we'll move everything around. We take pictures first so we can put it back. back. But, you know, you have to be comfortable. It, some people think that, I think in my my experience, people think that they can do something and they'll either dive in and then be miserable or happy mm-hmm. or they just don't do it at all and they just have it in their head. And if you really do, I really think people should try it. I just, I really think you should just give it a try. Yeah, and that, that idea of starting local, starting with somebody that you may have a, a, an immediate connection to to make that transition a little easier and then grow from there, go a little bit further out the next time and a little further out the next time, yep. right? Because that, that kind of builds up to this idea of doing this internationally. So, you know, how do you prepare for that international jump? What What are some things to be thinking about in that process? Your passport. <laughs> seriously i cannot tell you at the conversations when they're like we had this long conversation then they just were like oh we don't even have our passports so i'm like are you kidding <laughs> you have to have your passport that is important yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to really know where you want to go like it, you know it doesn't have to be full time house sitting in this kind of thing can just be for vacation Right. If you want to, if you're going to, you have a week off work or two weeks off work and you want to go to Spain, you may be able to find a house sit in an area that provides a car and you have a dog to look after or a cat and you have a house. So that's 90% of your expenses for lodging are taken care of. Right. And so now you just have to get there. So having your passport is the biggest one. And then deciding where you want to go, what kind of weather you want. Like that, that to us is the big to us, that's a big deal. We do not do cold weather. We are warm weather people. So if there's a place in France and it looks lovely in spring, but the house it is in November, I need to see pictures in November. Right. I need to see, is there snow? Is it rainy? Is it sludgy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be fooled by the pictures. See, that's the thing on the house that, on the house sitting websites is the pictures. You really do need to, they always take the pictures when the house is the prettiest, right? So, right. When the sun's out and it's blue skies and it's beautiful, you'll take pictures of the backyard and the gardens. But heck, if you're sitting in October and it's not, and those pictures were in May, the house is going to look really different or the environment's going to be different, which could be cold and rainy, obviously. (laughs) Have you heard about Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of Pet Sitter Confessional get 50% off their first three months when they sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Well, and you mentioned part of that is understanding like what what you want out of it. Right? We, we started talking about this. It's a, this value proposition. So understanding what kind you want out. So when you're when you and your husband look at these house sits, you know you mentioned warm weather. What what other kind of things do you take into consideration? Uh, wi-Fi. They have to have good Wi-Fi. Warm weather. Um, they need to have outdoor space. 
So we're not good. We don't, we're not good like a condo with no patio. Like that wouldn't work for us. Um, or, and pets, what kind of pets? He's allergic to cats. So if we have, you can't do it, we can't do indoor only cats. We can do indoor outdoor cats, but not indoor only cats. Hmm. Um, so if there's any hindrances like that, also the pets needs, I can't give shots. Like not something I can do. <laughs> wow. So if the pet needs shots three times a day, my husband can do it, but we're not keen on it. So pets need medication. Um, but the weather is really the big, and, and the, we don't need a car. Like that's something that to consider if, do they provide your, you a car or not? We've been probably the majority of our sits do not have cars, but what's public transportation like? Is there Uber? Is there a bus? Are there taxis? What is that going to cost us? Right. We had one in Costa Rica. We were for three months and we were two and a half miles from town, but it was straight uphill and downhill. It was $5 each way with the taxi. Mm. So, you know, that, that's my cost, right? That's out of my pocket. So we, you have to, then we had to plan our days around, okay, once a week or twice a week, we're going to the store. And then when we're at the store, we're going to go out for lunch, but we're not just going to go to town for lunch because that's $10 we're adding to the price of lunch, which is silly, you know? So there's just, yeah, the location, um, the weather, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) And then what the needs of the animals are, like what the animals are, what their needs are. And can we, um, can we handle that? So like we, like mowing the lawn, like we're, we are what I call, this is probably the worst thing I could say on a podcast, but I would call us lazy house sitters. Like we are simple house sitters. We, simple. We'll, we'll go with simple. We'll go simple. Simple. House simple. House. That's a better word. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not mowing the lawn. I mean, if you, if you need the garden looked after and some weeding done and we're going to be there for two months, then I will do it. But if you need everything tended to, not us, hmm. right? If, if, if we don't even, this is, this is the reality. Even if there's no pet, so some sits will be like, no, there's no pets, but my yard is my baby. So I need you to take care of it. Well, it's not, we're not gardeners. Like we, it's not something that we, we enjoy doing. So that's not even a sit for me. It could be a great place, but nope, I might kill all your plants. I just don't, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> At least with a dog or cat, I know how to feed them and take care of them. I don't know how to do that with plants. So just, <laughs> Things you have to take in. You just have to know what you're, what you like to do. And some people do it for the adventure. We had some friends who sat an alpaca farm. Another friend sat with a rescue, a kangaroo rescue in Australia, (laughs) right? That's what they, that's what the people were doing. They were like horse rescue in the U S but it's, it's kangaroos and they had to feed them and stuff that it may be fun and maybe a big adventure. Not for me, but if for somebody, (laughs) (laughs) simple that's i like that better simple, simple. there you go yeah that's a little more yeah, it's kind of like you know when someone says oh the the the, the building is quaint You're like you mean small like it's real small isn't it right, it's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's it yep yeah, we're not even know. good tourists oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some people go to places like well the house it in a place specifically for the tourism like they wanted to go to that place right we've been to egypt we've been to morocco spain portugal uh, Asia, some in the U.S., Mexico, Central, most of Central America, and other than Egypt, we really didn't. We're not. We don't even tourist stuff. We don't even go out and do the touristy things because it's just not what we do. Right. We're homebodies. <laughs> <laughs> homebodies who travel internationally and live in other people's houses. Right? <laughs> in other people's homebodies. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's it's understanding. It's really taking time to understand what you want out of it, and I'm sure you can learn that through experience and a lot of self introspection, and just go, okay, like this is what we're up for, and we're going to make it work for us. You know, you know how how do you how do you make this work for the long haul though? Like, is this something that someone can do for years and years and years, or is this uh, just a short period that people can do for their in their life? No, I think they could do it for you. We're going, like I said, in six years, and we have no plans of stopping. stopping. COVID, COVID knocked us on our feet a little bit, but we we just finished four months in Hawaii. Wow. So, I mean, there's no there's no end to this. There's no for as many reasons as you can think that you want to house it or you possibly could house it. Are the owners have that many millions of reasons why they need a sitter? Mm. I mean, there's it, it's there's just no end to it. I think it's actually going to become more. My personal perspective is the demand for house sitting is going to become greater as the world goes on sale from all the tourism dollars that are lost in all these countries, they're going to be on sale mm. and people are now that figured out that they can work uh, more remotely. They may be able to take a longer vacation. They're going to use that money instead of going to Vegas. They're like, Hey, we could go for the same price. We go to Vietnam for a, a week or three weeks or whatever. Right. So I have a feeling that as the world starts opening up again and is on, I really do foresee that the tourism dollar is going to go a lot further, which means people are going to be leaving their homes for a lot longer. And there's going to be a lot more house sitting availability for longer term sit. You know, these past six years, what's it been like doing it together with your husband? It's been, it's been fun. Like I said, we had to learn, right? So we did, when we started on the beginning, we didn't ask all the questions. We, one of the things we forgot to ask if there was Wi-Fi. <laughs> we completely <laughs> forgot to ask so we had like this list of things we kept a list of questions but every we just kept adding to it oh remember not this we will not take a house that where they have an expensive car we won't take mm-hmm. a house that where the house sitter comes the housekeeper comes every single day like we started writing all these things down <laughs> that we wouldn't would not do uh-huh. um so yeah which was really smart i guess in the beginning but like you said we learned what from experience um it's been nice we, my husband uh, is old is 26 my senior so we have a big age gap mm-hmm. so i do most of the travel booking uh i i present the sit to him and say hey i saw one that looks like this what do you think about this and i really analyze it before i present it to him like i really really even if i have to contact somebody and say can i get some more information about this before i present it to him and then see if it's something he's interested in. i i know him well enough to know that gen- generally he is you know, I, I don't know how people do it alone, to be perfectly honest. We have this team, like, you know, he's responsible for the morning duties. I'm responsible for the night duties. And if the dog, like if the dogs need to be walked early in the morning, then we go together. But then I go home and go back to bed and then he takes care of everything for the day. So whatever, if that means dealing with the housekeeper or the gardener or the mailman or turning the sprinklers on or whatever, he just has his routine. He's, he's the outside person. We've, we've made, we've assessed this as one of those things that you learn too with a couple. <laughs> is that he's the outside person. So when we get to the house, the owners will say, oh, I'm going to show you the sprinklers. I'm like, that's Denny. Take him. You can show me the washing machine. You can show me the dishwasher. You can show me the inside of the house, the TV and all that stuff. But if it's outside the house, that's him. Where's the water shut off? Where's the electrical shut off? That's all him. Like you, you just handle it. So he has his thing and I have mine, which I think is important to feel both like we each have a responsibility instead of it's a burden on one person. That's why I don't understand how people can do it solo because that's all you and that it would be way too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, th- thinking about if you are doing it solo, r- recognizing some limitations that you may have or, or really diving into exactly 
okay, like this is where my strengths are. So I really need to lean into that whenever I'm picking these sits. Um, versus if you're doing it as a team, you can go, okay, well, I know nothing about electrical systems. So you get to have fun with that. And that's what you get to know everything about. Uh, and just, just knowing that, right. Knowing that about yourself and knowing about that uh, with your, with your partner or your spouse that you're traveling with. Do you ever, do you ever struggle with, with, with burnout or with like fatigue from that process? Or does that, does that kind of moving, um, invigorate you through, through, through everything? No, I absolutely do. That's a great question. No, I absolutely do. I get, I do get burnout. We do prefer longer sits, like more than three weeks, three weeks, a month and a half. We prefer longer sits because of that reason alone, just mm-hmm. the, just to get there. And sometimes, especially if it's another country, um, can be exhausting. And I just want to get into the mode, like just get in the groove. Right. And like a seven day sit, you kind of don't do that. We take them, but we, we don't prefer them, especially a new place. I would never take a short sit in a new, a new area that I've never been to, especially a country I've never been to. Um, yeah, but I do. I do get, yeah, like I guess it's organizational burnout. I don't know what you call it, but it's like between coordinating the flights and then the, the scheduling the people and, you know, the taxi to the house. And then how are we going to get around once we're there? Because once you're there, it's a stress. It's yeah. Sometimes it's a language you don't even, We were in Morocco. We don't speak French. We don't speak Arabic. And we were <laughs> six hours south of Marrakesh. Like we're, we're in no man's land, right? We went to the grocery store. We couldn't speak the language. We don't speak Arabic or French. And that's it. It was a French grocery store. And luckily, we speak some Spanish. And the and for some reason, the security guy spoke some Spanish and actually did have... There was a point where I didn't bring any bags with me. And the, and the king had declared on Monday, no more bags. No more plastic bags in the country. Well, we don't know that because we don't watch the news in Morocco. So... We went to the grocery store on Wednesday and the girl's like telling me I need to buy a bag. Where's my bag? And I'm like, I have no idea what the woman's saying. Not she's pointing over there. There's food. I don't know what she's pointing at. I have all these groceries. And the guy had the security guy spoke Spanish and had said, you know, your bolsa. Where's your bolsa? And I'm like, I don't have a bag. And he's like, you need a bag. And I'm, but he's doing it in Spanish, which I could understand. But yeah, it, the whole process is quite, can be exhausting. So that's why being somewhere sit for a long, for, a while helps through that. Yeah, I can really imagine because I'm sure many of us have tried to take a, a short vacation and planned it and gotten there and been like, oh, I just need to go away to relax. And then we get back from that and we're like, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation because right. that was a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah, we do. So we don't have anywhere to go back to, but we, if we're in the same place long enough, we can actually get in the zone where we're like, it's that first week with the town. How do you get around? How do, where are the grocery stores? You know, power just went off. I don't, whatever, you know, and then you have pets to take care of and the responsibility of that house also. So it can be, it can be overwhelming. It's definitely in some, at times it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Well, but in a good way, because the reward is worth it. Yeah, because you get to be in those places, you get to have those new experiences, and and yeah, I you know totally totally worth it. But taking that time to look for those longer house sets and and just work through those processes that you have in place. Yeah, and having and having somebody like having gone through it, like obviously in the beginning, because we were in Granada when we took most of those original sets, we were already comfortable with the neighborhood. We knew where mm-hmm. the grocery store was. We knew how to get around. We lived there, so that made life. That's why I was saying if you do them with friends and if you try it out with friends and family or, or getting the word out to your local network, you're going to be more comfortable just because you know something, right? You, you know, the grocery store chain that's within 200 miles of your house. 
right? It's not going to be something foreign. And just getting to see if you like that feeling though, because it, it is, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. That was a great question. Nobody's ever asked that question before. Oh, well, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just think about that of like, I know I get exhausted whenever we have to do like, it just like a connecting flight and the, the travel to get from one place to another. So I'm sitting here thinking going, yeah, if you were doing that constantly or, you know, as a living for, for, for your lifestyle, like, I don't know if I would be able to do that because it is, I, I get fatigued planning a vacation one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you know. there's the back to back, right? Yes. So like in Morocco, we didn't even get to be tourists because we had to be back to Spain. From the day the guy showed up, we had to catch the bus that next morning, which was an all day bus thing and fly to Spain because the owners there were leaving the next day. Wow. Like, I mean, sometimes it's really, we have one coming up in Mexico where we're going to be back to back. Like they're, we're actually leaving the house before they come home mm. because we have to get to the next house. Right. So there's all, you know, that coordination. Yeah. It can yeah. be, it can be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking of exhausting and overwhelming, uh, you know, here in 2020, that's kind of the name of the game these days. Um, how, <laughs> how, how has, from, from your perspective and, and in your connections, how has the, I know you talked a little bit about the future of the industry of it rebounding, but, but what's the industry really been like this year so far? It's been tough. It, it's, it has been hard. The, um, house sitting community came together. Like you cannot even believe I was so impressed. Um, when things started shutting down, some people were in transit like from that were going to sit in England and they were from Australia and they were in Turkey mm. when they, you know, and then England said, we're not taking anybody more or Turkey shut their borders down or whatever. And some people were lit and you, you have to think financially there's now an added expense. You've already laid out the money and put things in place. And now you have this other financial burden and you don't even know where you're going to live at this point. Right. It, the house sending community just came together. Like I just could not believe one girl or one, maybe in a small group of girls, it wasn't me. Um, organized a Facebook group for to help people find somebody. If you knew somebody that had an empty room or a um, a, a casita or a, a mother-in-law quarters that could be used or an empty condo or something that you're willing to let the house sitter stay in, could you you know ask people around and they put it in this group and then people were like, hey, I'm in this town. Does anybody know anybody? Oh, it was just phenomenal. They came together. It was hard though. I mean, it has been it has been hard. A lot of um, sitters who were completely nomadic full-time sitters, uh, not a lot, several, probably, probably a couple dozen have bought vehicles like van conversion vans kind of things. Mm. Those live in vans, um, where they can actually park it outside of a house now. So they don't feel like that they're have to be a burden on the homeowner. Like I said, some homes are only one bedroom or they only have two twin beds. Like if if somebody lives alone, they don't necessarily need a, a large bed. Um, they, so they've, gone a different route where they've actually invested money into their transportation so that maybe they're on in England or their European continent or even the U S um, where they can just work around the, the country that they're in. Yeah. Uh, we ended up with a four month house sit in Hawaii only by chance. It was a Canadian couple was supposed to be sitting there, but they couldn't leave Canada. But because we're Americans and we're in the U S already, we could take the sit. We still had mm. a 14 day quarantine, but we did take the sit. Uh, so the community has come together, like really uh, amazing. I'm, I'm it, just a, a joyful group of people that are just really care about each other. 
and to be in that kind of community in this time of crisis to have them to to come around each other and support each other like that i mean that's just that's so so amazing uh to 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 see people rally in that way yeah and especially when it's sometimes it's like those are your competitors right mm-hmm. and some of those people were competing for the same sit but then for you to be like oh you know what i i just talked to julie and she said her aunt has a a condo you can go stay at but you know i i know i took that sit from you last year but I got that sit and you didn't and that sucked, but here, yeah, it it was, it was a lot of camaraderie. It was really, really beautiful. We were fortunate. We were in a five week layover. We were heading to Europe to go to Egypt. We had five months in Egypt and we had a month to get there. We're taking a repositioning cruise. And then we were spending a couple of weeks in um, Portugal and Spain. And then we were going to fly to Egypt for the five month sit. And we were on our layover in Las Vegas. My mom lives in Las Vegas. So we were laying over here for five weeks, which was our gap, and hanging out with her. And that's when everything shut down. So we ended up staying here for two months. And then we drove up to Montana. My daughter um, had a RV, basically, that we could hang out in, which we never had done before, never lived in an RV. So we kind of did that for a month. And <laughs> by ourselves, and she, she had a house, and we lived in an RV by ourselves, which was fun because it was on my bucket list. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and, then the, and, then the how, and then the Hawaii house that came up. And so we mm. took that. Thinking about the industry as a whole, you, know, you mentioned it came together. What other kind of changes do you think are going to stick around or, or have been implemented as a whole? I think this travel vehicle thing mm. is going to stay around for a while. I think, that these, I think that's going to be a, a real thing where people are going to have their own little safety net of, of habitation like you know a, a, a literally a, a place to put the rest of their head but they're yeah. also still going to house it I, I think that this is going to be something that's going to be a lot more i know it's common in europe it, you know people do rent caravans for yeah. months at a time and go drive all around but i now the ownership of them to live out of that van per se but only it's temporary right you're going to maybe a few weeks and then you have a house that for a few weeks and then you move on I, yeah. I think this is going to be something that's going to be pretty common, more common than we think. One of the other recent things that's changed in the house sitting industry is is you launched your very own house sit platform. <laughs> did. That was unheard of because six years ago, you would have told me we would have had a house sitting platform. I would have been like, nope, not me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm not tech. I'm totally tech savvy, um, but just not a business I would have thought we would have taken on. And we got to Hawaii and we launched househithawaii.com. And uh, it's, we're slow, we're slowly growing it. Obviously it's, it's a baby. Yeah. It's, it's just in its infancy, but we do have a handful of house sitters. We have actually have a handful of owners on there already that um, have joined. Uh, but we saw that Hawaii really is its own. It's almost like its own country. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> And when you realize how long that people that they not, you know, you and I could drive and meet each other somewhere, mm-hmm. right? But you can't do that in Hawaii. If you're taking a vacation, you're flying, you're right. leaving. So if you're going to pay the money to fly, you're going to stay more than three or four days, right? You're going to take a jaunt. You're going to make that jaunt three weeks, a month, month and a half, something longer, which then leads into the perfect opportunity for having house sitters. Um, and we're, it's a lot of education. There's, you know, it, it's not, super well-known. There's some Hawaii, there are some house sitters. There's a handful of house sits that come up every year, but it's a lot of education to the owners, um, teaching them what, why they'd even want a house sitter because they have a lot of them are just property managed. Right. Mm. But that's not the same, like closing your house down. 
and turning off the lights and locking it up doesn't mean the water pipe isn't going to burst or the toilet isn't going to back up on its, you know, on its mm-hmm. own or the neighbor upstairs in the condo isn't going to flood their place and it's going to leak into yours. All those things that if you come back a month later, you're going to be pretty screwed. So <laughs> <laughs> somebody might be picking up your mail and flipping on your outside lights every night, but they're not checking on the things that need to be checked on to make sure that you're pro- or in this case where we were the one of the sprinkler heads busted mm. so the patch of grass never wasn't getting water and then we didn't notice it for three days until it started turning yellow had they come home that would have never been repairable right, right? yeah so it's little things what's it been like getting the word out about it how has that been i built the site myself so i literally all the back end and the the messaging and the I, I mean I use software, but I I um, plugins for WordPress, but I did it all myself. So it was a three weeks. It was very intense. Like it was, I had never done such a big project before, um, and I'm pretty proud of it. But it needs help. But I'm gonna I have somebody I'm hiring to do a little just make it a little bit prettier. Hmm. Um, but so I got some burnout. Like I don't know if you've done that with like projects, like where you just invest everything into it, and then you're just like, oh. My God. Just let me step away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to not think about that. So I was burnt out for a couple of weeks after I really took it. But we did take, we have some print media advertising we're paying for in Hawaii mm-hmm. um, that's circulating. And we're using Facebook. I, uh, I've had a couple of Facebook ads running and I've, I've been able to target the audience of owners. It's been going, it's going well. It's being well received. Um. I just, I have more work to do. So (laughs) I think the house sitters, the house sitters are excited because they, who doesn't want to go to Hawaii, right? Right. There's no, there's no reason. I better warn them. It's kind of expensive, but you know, there's going to be all kinds of sales on that too, like getting airfare and things like that. But the, um, yeah, it's getting, it's getting the owners. It really is. I'm not new to the house sitting platform. And I um, house sit match and house sit Mexico have both been my clients, oh. and I've worked the back end with them and and um, worked the marketing and stuff like that with them. So I'm not new to the whole process. It's it's not completely foreign to me. I should lay that out to be honest, right from the forget go. Um, so I'm not completely. So it wasn't overwhelming in terms of I know what needs to be done. Yeah, I just need to make sure I keep doing it and and doing it re- consistently. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, notice what you did is you noticed that there was a need for that or there was a unique opportunity to provide a very specific targeted house match service with with house sitters in Hawaii specifically. And now building that out, helping educate people, not just potential house sitters about it, but also more important, you know, not more importantly, but really importantly is the homeowners going, this is something that you can that you can have and it is something that you can a service that you can, that will be provided to you and that you can right. use. And that, and that's the thing is there that they don't have, um, they do, there's obviously pet sitters and, and like the, your main audience of pets and people that get paid, yep. they are there. Um, but they are limited because everything is generally a drive. Right. So when we were on the big Island, we're on the Kona side, but Hilo's two hours away. Hmm. So you can't, you can't hire me to go do Hilo. Yeah, I, I have to, I have to have a crew over there that can handle it, and who knows at this point, you know, people are moving in every direction. Um, nobody's really staying still. So, yeah, it's just a matter of um, getting that, getting the word spread more, and educating. This is continuously educating. Yeah, 
Sure. Yeah. It's, but it's, it, the, we figured out that the population of Hawaii is equal to the expat population of Mexico. Hmm. And House Tip Mexico has been very, um, Alex has been very successful with House Tip Mexico. It's a great platform. And when we compare the two, we know that all the people don't travel, obviously. But when we looked at the demographic, we really did some research in the demographics and stuff. And we found that we feel that we could, if we could tap into a small portion of that market, we can have a successful business and, and provide some really good sits for the house sitters. Well, so so walk us through how that process works on on house sit Hawaii um, from a from a house sitter uh, perspective. So they they join and put, um, create a profile. They so add some pictures. You talk about yourself, really about what benefits that you bring to the table. Maybe it's something in your past career, the fact that you were a homeowner and a pet owner. Your history is maybe pet sitting, right? Unless if you're new, you say you're new, but you have pets. Most people that are pet sitters or House sitters with pets have had pets. Um, But if you're a previous homeowner, renter, what you talk about that, um, your career generally is a good thing to talk about because often, if maybe you're just a teacher, not just a teacher, God forbid, teachers are angels, um, you're a teacher, but maybe the owner's a teacher too, a retired teacher, right? So you have something in common. So you try to get a good uh, um, outline of what you can provide and who you are as a person, throw some pictures in there, and then they, um, submit that. And then when the owners post the sit, so the owners do the same thing when they join and they list their sit and they have a whole bunch of questions to ask. And uh, we've pre, pre-given them questions to ask to build out those sit so that it, it entices the, the sitters. Because it's like a sell-sell on both sides, right? The owner is selling their home. Like, we, I really want you to come watch my pets. They're really amazing. Yeah. Right. I, and he's such a lovable dog and it's a great house. And, and then the sitters are like, but we're really good people and we can really do a good job. Like, so it's like these two sales pitches, right? It's almost, um, so then that, when that's posted, when the sit's approved, like we look at it and just make sure everything's filled out. And then once it's posted, the sitter, house sitter gets an automatically gets an email that mm. goes out to them and says, Hey, a house, the only members, only people that are registered on the site get the email that says, Hey, a house that's posted. Um, take a look at it. Basically here it is. And then they look at it and they can just apply. They literally just send a message. We'd like to talk to you about the sit. We think we'd be a great fit. Those dates work for me. And then they apply and then it goes into private messaging. So then the owners and the sitter can put message back and forth and connect. I I often describe the meet and greet process for pet sitting as one of the most awkward speed dating events of your life because you, you do. And it sounds very similar to this of like, yeah, uh, I, I want you to like me and I, you want me to like you. And we're trying to figure out if we're going to jive and whether this is going to work for, for, for us. <laughs> that is so it. And, and people don't realize that. Like they're like, the owners don't realize it until they're writing out the bio and like, Oh no, my husband be like, no, don't say that. Cause that doesn't sound good. Nobody want to, nobody want to house it. If they knew that they're, that the cat, had diarrhea all the time or you know whatever like yeah. you know be careful what you say we want it to sound good we want them to come here and then the, it really is it's just, it, that's exactly what it is it's the it's most awkward relationship the start of a relationship that you could ever have yeah. and then generally they meet by video that's generally the next thing but the, the one thing i can tell people is you got to trust your gut this is mm. the thing we've learned the most is you really need to trust your gut if it doesn't if it doesn't smell like a rose, it's not a rose. <laughs> You've really got to get, if you get a bad feeling or you get like, you feel like they're not giving you all the information or the way that they talk 
we had one sit um, in Thailand. It was a husband and wife. And every conversation we had with her was I, 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 I. She never mentioned him. Like never said we, it was I do this, I this, I this. And I, and we're like, isn't, is he not leaving? <laughs> because she's like, I'm traveling on these days. And I'm, and we knew it was a husband and wife. Like he, she specifically had said that they, she, her husband, but it was all. And so we actually, at one point we're like, is it just going to be us there? Or is he, <laughs> you haven't said we anything you just and it was really weird like yeah. something was off and you know there's we've had a few other ones but the red flags if, if something just like like you said with the way that they use the word quaint right if <laughs> you have to use your brain and interpret things sometimes and if it just doesn't jive you just just back away because it's okay to say no Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct to client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They'll be releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of this year that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes, and to welcome new and rescued pets. They also have a few gift options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchases learn more and register by going to petperennials.com slash pages slash gps or click the link in the show notes you'll get a unique coupon code to save two dollars off any packages you send in your first 90 days that goes into the an idea of like of, of safety in this kind of this kind of transfer. So what, what advice would you give to somebody if they have a concern of, of being safe when traveling and, and taking on these kind of sits? Be diligent. Just be respectful of your own space and be diligent. We just came back. We just went through three airports and, and we're just about Mexico. We're going into, and we have two air transfers and the overnight in a hotel. And then we get to where we're going to be. And um, you just have to be diligent. You have to be respectful of your space. Don't, don't expect other people to take care of you. Mm. Be self-responsible. You don't carry your wipes, do your sanitation, just do what you feel you're doing the best for yourself. I personally, because my husband's of elderly age, older, um, I shouldn't say elderly age, <laughs> he's older. <laughs> I'm, you know, and he has underlying conditions. So I'm very cognizant. Like he gets on this, I tell him, I'm like, you're going to get, I'm going to tell you today because tomorrow when you get in that plane seat, I want you to sit down and put your hands up, you know, put them up high fives. And yeah. I just wipe everything. I wipe down the seat buckle. I'm like, that 30 seconds it took me to wipe everything down makes me feel better. Sure. I don't care if it makes him feel better or not, but it makes me feel better that I did my due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. I took self-responsibility for our space. Um, things are crowded. The airports were crowded. I was shocked. Oakland Airport and Vegas Airport was crowded. Wow. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and you know, whether people are mindful of their masks or not wasn't really relevant because everybody has a personal opinion, but it was just busy. So we had to make sure we kept our space. Like in the bathroom, when you get in line for well, women, because we always have a line, right? We, you just need to keep your distance. Like that's, you don't have to crowd up on somebody. You, 
even if the lady behind you is crowded up on you, you keep your distance, like do your best to be self-responsible. I think, I think that's the most that everybody can do. We did on the flip side, we did have friends that just traveled from Mexico to France via New York, and they're heading to Crete this week coming up. Um, and she said Mexico so far, everything she's seen, Mexico is handling the sanitation better than any, anything else she's seen so far. So wow. I was happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Since you're, since you're going in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to spend the winter there, but um, yeah, it was, I was really happy to hear that. That touches back on that idea of just trusting your gut in all things and trusting your gut in accepting a sit and communicating with people looking for those red flags, trusting your gut while you're traveling, what's going to be safe for you. What's going to be safe for your traveling partner. Uh, it just, just all the way through understanding that when that little voice starts talking or those little hairs start coming on the back of your neck, you know, it's time to reassess the situation, step back and, and, and see what, where, what you need to do. Yeah. Don't be able, don't be afraid to push the pause button and like you mm -hmm. said, and step back. Don't be pressured or feel like you have to do something that isn't make you feel comfortable because you do not. It's right. your life and you do not have to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. It, it um, yeah, you really, it, I, I really think it's an age of self-responsibility. I think the more, the more people that can be self-responsible, responsible for self, for themselves, um, it, it is going to, is going to continue going for the next few years. You know, it, it really, it really just thinking about the, yeah, that, that self-responsibility and all things, taking responsibility for that, not just recognizing that I have a role in this, but then taking that responsibility in your actions and the way you communicate, like it's, it's both recognizing and then acting on it. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. And it's something people forget about, right? You just kind of get in your own little bubble. And then once you get in the space, we, we, we're a society of peer pressure. There's no doubt about it. Mm. You know, you, some of the nicest cars on everybody on the street has a new car. You're going to want a new car. I mean, it's just, we, we've been in the U S we're commercially driven like by what everybody else is doing. And you just have to, when you travel outside the U.S., especially you get outside the little bubble, you realize that you just don't have to follow that. But when you're, when you get around more people, right. you know, you're at a con a year ago, you're at a concert and you're all gathered packed together to go into the place. Well, I'm telling you the airport, we were in lines of people we were in crowds of people that I was uncomfortable with. So I literally flared my elbows up. And just kind of made myself a circle, like back the hell away from me. Like I don't need you so close. <laughs> you know, you just need to get away from me. And I, and if you don't like that, that's that's your problem. But this right. is my personal space, and I'm going to take responsibility for it. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, I wasn't a smartass about it, but I wasn't rude. I just was saying, hold on. You know, you, you, this is not the old way. This is our new way. So. Well, not feeling self-conscious to do that, to make that statement. Because you, you, you mentioned, like, this is about getting out of our bubble, of, of, of my little, my bubble of what I think my world is. That's, that's one of the things that international house and traveling is all about, is getting outside of that bubble and putting yourself in new situations, experiencing new things, meeting new people, and seeing the globe, but recognizing that you still have personal agency about it, and you still have a personal responsibility for yourself and people around you. Absolutely. Well said. That was very well said. And that's exactly what that's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, people are listening and thinking that this is something that they're interested in. And, and we've already talked about some steps that they can take to 
get their feet wet, but you know, you know, what are some of your favorite resources for this field, this industry um, that people can go and check out, listen to, or read, or, or get in top contact? Well, I, I do think you should look at the website. Like House at, House at Mexico and House at Match are probably my are two favorite. But you should actually browse. Um, there's there's other simple ones. Nomador, Mind My House. Uh, we're not big fans of Trusted, so it's just too competitive. There's a lot of there's a lot of other sites out there that are not as competitive. But mm-hmm. you need to look at the look at what's out there and and dream. I mean, start dreaming. Like look at it and see if you can actually. Um, if any of it excites you, right? And, and you know, you, you can do a lot of things in the world without actually doing them. And this is one of those things that you can actually step into it just a little bit and get your toes wet just by looking. Yeah. Because when you look, you might be like, oh my God, I would never do that, <laughs> right? Just from us talking, you might be excited about it. But when you read, like there's, they say responsibilities of sitter. And you start looking at those and you go, oh, this is just not for me then you don't, but it may open up your eyes to start dreaming about, Hey, you know, we can, like I said, we can take that two weeks vacation and go to Spain and have a house sit and not pay for lodging. And we have to watch the dog. So you have some responsibility, but that doesn't mean you don't have a car and you can still go out to the beach for three hours at a time and come back or something. I mean, you can still have a great time seeing something. Um, Sits come up in Rome, obviously not right now, but um, downtown London, Paris, France, apartments in Paris, France. I mean, can you imagine, like, what are you going to pay to stay in Paris? But if you can spend, you know, sometimes they're really short, which is don't get filled because people are transitioning. They want the longer sit, mm-hmm. but it may fit you perfectly. You might go to Italy for five days and then Paris for five days, and you made yourself a great vacation. Yeah. Now, you might, like you said, you might get a little exhausted from all the planning and the nuances of getting all the fine tuning everything. But you're going to get to see it with at no cost for lodging. I mean, that's a that's huge. Yeah, I love that first step: dream, and then just start browsing. You know, window shopping doesn't really have that big of an impact, but it'll give you some idea of whether that's going to work for you, and it gives you a little bit more exposure to what that world is like. And you can read about exactly. what those responsibilities are and say, "Oh, is, is that something I could do? Could I see myself doing that? Kind of try on those different hats and see what's going to work best for you." Exactly. I mean, you do it on Amazon, right? You browse on Amazon looking at things you may never buy. Yeah. Why not look at travel? <laughs> you may never do it, but why not look at it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not, a, not, why not an apartment in Rome, right? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Except not right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> wait, wait, maybe, yes, but soon. next year, I honestly do. I do think that they, the um, once things open up, I think that the bubble, I think there's going to be homes that are vacant. And people are going to want people in them because they just don't want them vacant, even if it's like second homes, right? They they have their second home somewhere and they just don't want so they don't want it sitting vacant. Um, we've we've been in Puerto Vallarta, we've been offered an apartment, and they just don't want it sitting vacant. It's vacant right now, and she's like, "You can sit there, you can stay there as long as you want. No responsibility. Other, we will pay electric if we stay long term." But she's like, "Basically, we're house sitting with no pets." And they'll take care of everything, but they just don't want that apartment sitting vacant. And because there's no tourism, it's vacant. You know, there's just, I really, I really think over the next six to eight months, as things unwind, um, the world's going to be a really different place for traveling and a better, a better place for people to travel to. Eden, this has been a really wonderful conversation. I'm really thankful that you joined us today and have been sharing about experiences, how to get involved, and the really exciting new platform that, that you've started. So 
tell us tell us how to check out check that out and and get in touch with you if, if people have more questions and, and want to learn more about what the life of a international traveling house sitter is so our website is really truly com, which obviously makes sense right <laughs> <laughs> and then house at hawaii.com is the other site but on really truly living you can absolutely contact me um it, there's links to the facebook pages the house in hawaii obviously has a has a link there yeah any anybody i honestly i'm 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 always open to talk to people and and spend as much time as i can to help them see if there's something that that fits with them um if it's something they think they could do if they want to make the jump where should they start that, that's usually the biggest question where do i start like where do i go and if you can't go local and you want to go somewhere that's not local you want to really take a vacation i would say Mexico. For the U.S., the continental U.S., I would say Mexico is your best bet hmm. because it's it, one it's open right now. But it, it's easy to get to. It's easy to get back. You get a six-month visa on arrival. So you're not stuck. And it's very inexpensive. Uh, getting around is good and buses and planes and all that stuff is great. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to people. I, they can reach out anytime they want any questions. And I'll have, I'll have links to everything that we've talked about and the sites that you've mentioned and some of those resources listed as well. So I'll... I'll include that in the show notes and on the website too, so people can can use that whenever they're ready to to start looking and, and start making that jump. Again, want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and your schedule to come and talk and share about this today. It's been it's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you, Colin. I really appreciate you having me on. I really do. It may seem weird to talk about international travel house sitting as we're not quite out of the woods yet in this pandemic. But I think it's really important right now to start considering that if you have ever been interested in internationally traveling or just house sitting in general, that now is the best time to start looking, to start seeing what's going to interest you. And just as Eden said, to start dreaming and thinking about all of the possibilities. What we have as professional pet sitters and dog walkers is that we have a lot of transferable skills into this exact market, into the real needs of house owners and pet owners across the globe, and that it can be an opportunity for us to start branching out and at least trying something new and trying something different. And I really like the spirit that Eden brings to that of just try it and see if it's going to be something that works for you. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials for making this week's show possible. And thank you for listening this week. Thank you for all that you share. And from the bottom of our hearts, we can't tell you much how we appreciate you listening and being a part of this podcast. Uh, We will be back again soon. 